You are listening to the sermon podcast of Covenant Presbyterian Church. We are a community in Madison, Wisconsin, who gathers to worship, to learn, to serve, and to grow together in God's love. Please visit us online at www.covenantmadison.org, where you can find information about Covenant Ministries, as well as links to our online worship services and sermon podcasts. Grace and peace to you from your ecumenical siblings at the Wisconsin Council of Churches. 2,000 congregations in Wisconsin, 21 Christian traditions in the state, agencies which support the mission of praying and working together for the unity and renewal of the church and the healing and reconciliation of the world. It's a big family. I couldn't bring them all here with me. But hello from everybody. It's good to be here. Would you pray with me? Covenant-making God, we give thanks for this time together, for the gift of holy words and holy stories that breathe life. Make this preaching moment holy, infusing it with your spirit that we might remember. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Those of you who have undertaken to read the gospel, according to Mark, might know that he is a master of brevity. He just races through everything. He's able to pack a lot of action into a few short words. In just seven short verses, at the very beginning of the gospel, We go from Nazareth to Jesus' baptism in the Jordan, out to the wilderness, and then back to Galilee. Zoom! It's a great deal of action coming at us very quickly, and so the details are pretty sparse. We get to fill in with our imaginations. It's my favorite part. Unlike the other Gospels, which set forth many more details, Mark's version gives us that room for holy imagination. So what I find myself wondering the most about those 40 days in Mark's telling, that time between baptism and Jesus' re-entry into human civilization, that time between God's speech and human encounters, How did he keep himself occupied? I mean, I like quiet time and all. But 40 days? That's some silent retreat. So I find myself wondering what sorts of conversations he had out there with the angels and the wild animals. Here he was filled up with the Holy Spirit. Fresh from one of those astounding God moments. When earth and heaven meet, and you know nothing's going to be the same. And there were things to be said, holy truths he was called to name. Now, spirit-driven words might be true, 
but there's no guarantee they're going to be well received. And I suspect he needed some time to sort those words out, to find the way to say them, to test them. Naming holy truths is a really sacred endeavor. So what better place than the wilderness where there's room for their largeness? So he makes his first trial addresses of these sacred truths with wild animals as his audience. Maybe they were full of squeaks and then escalating to hisses and growls and roars as he speaks to desert mice and lizards and sand cats. Maybe he reminded them of their names given by Adam, the earth creature, the first human. There's power in names, in knowing your name and knowing who and whose you are. After all, he had just risen from the water, hearing, You are my child, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. And so he practiced it. You, the beloved. You, the beloved. And you. You, daughter of God. Son of God. Child of God. Mouse of God. Hyrax, hedgehog, beloved, God is well pleased. And his heart and his soul must have been so full of names for people and places and things, holy ones, because it was the truth, a gift he could bring to the world. The time would be coming, and they needed to know. And he practiced that, too. I am telling you the truth. Perhaps, too, he reminded them of the time that water covered the dry land. Another kind of wilderness when violence broke forth and life was endangered. When they were gathered in the ark and Noah spoke names in the perilous darkness for 40 days as the sky broke open and God's tears fell and waters covered the earth. When the storm subsided and the dove was sent forth over and over again, over the face of the water. When they emerged upon a land made new and God made a covenant with every living thing. And it could be, Mark doesn't tell us, but it could be that as he recounted it, tears of compassion dripped down his face for all those lost, and all the lessons forgotten. His heart was overflowing. He told the listening large-eared fox that God was not a hunter, having set aside the bow to rest in the clouds. No more violence. That was not the way. He said to them all suddenly in a very loud voice, God remembers God remembers this promise with every living thing, with all the earth. And the attending angels nodded their heads. Yes, the time is fulfilled. 
His words are spilling over the reign of God at hand. What if this is what 40 days of wilderness testing looks and sounds like? Maybe it's resisting the temptation to hold the fullness of good news to yourself. Resisting the temptation to hold back your good words. Maybe it's taking up the challenge of articulating holy truth, holy names, divine promises, not resting until you get them right and can proclaim them in full voice. So Jesus comes back to civilization, such as it is, a world full of poor ones and merchants who are just getting by, and politicians playing all the angles, and the Roman peace proclaiming, aren't you lucky to be alive, while Roman soldiers march in the cities making sure no uprisings get started. And he comes to Galilee among the people, still vibrating with those promises he had been practicing his words honed and tested where the wind blows strong. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom is near. So near, turn around, can't you see it? Repent and believe in the good news. He's not going to stop. Beloveds, this is the one we follow. The one after whom we were baptized. This is the way we are called to go. These are proclamations we are given for the world. You are loved. Remember, God will not destroy. The time is overflowing. And the kingdom is right here. Let it change your life. Believe in it. If there were somehow a clock that measured God time, it would show that somehow we're living in the space between God's speech and our speech. That weird, indescribable unit of time. God decrees and we do not yet see, so we do not know how to speak. We are not ready to respond, and that time grows long. Our holy imaginations can fail us. We are caught in that muddy baptismal river at the moment when the heavens are torn open and we struggle to receive our blessedness where the Spirit drives us out, and there we stay, unable or unwilling to emerge from isolation, holding on to that good news like it's our own personal or familial gift. Or we come back to the neighborhood and let the swirl of competing interests overwhelm us and open our mouths to speak somewhat less than the bold truth of the reign of God. One of the projects we've taken on at the Wisconsin Council of Churches is rethinking attention to justice 
as the work of holy imagination. Helping individuals, churches, communities, and even our elected and appointed leaders imagine a different future is possible. To dream such dreams so we can be people of Jesus and justice in public. The kingdom is near. Let it change your assumptions. It will change your heart and your life when you live like you believe it. We are remembering the call of God who makes covenant with all living things, who set aside violence and coercion as tools. We are remembering and trusting in the call of God who promises new life and proclaims belovedness and urges us out to the wilderness to practice using our words. So I invite you this day to open the conversation in your heart with the one who has called you beloved, who has called your neighbor beloved and your enemy too. What are the words that have been given you to speak? The holy truths, the knowing lodged within you that is meant to be shared with the world. There are alternatives more hopeful and whole than the way we live now. More possible than we have yet dared dream. That exist in the heart of God. But we will not attempt them if we cannot find a way to speak them in the world. God dreams wholeness and belovedness and connection and has promised that in following these ways, there will be enough. My siblings in Christ, imagine differently than the world would have you imagine. Live differently than the world beckons you to live. Speak differently than the world would have you speak. The time is overflowing, and the kingdom is right here. Let it change your life. Beloved, we are being called to speak boldly. It is good to practice our words. As it was in the beginning, and God said, it is very good. Amen.